This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And today we're going to have a pretty interesting show for you. We're going to kick it off with Dixon Lawson with sports. If you want to say hi, Dixon. Hello. Awesome. After that, we're going to sit down with Ed, Mon- Ed Goodman, a Grammy Award-nominated uh, trumpet player who worked with artists such as John Williams on the soundtrack to Star Wars. After that, we're going to have Coda Babcock with local news. Uh, we are also wondering, before we get started with the interview with Ed, uh, if any listeners have any questions they would like to ask him. If you do, you can text them to us at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. Or you can send them to us on Twitter at KCSUFM. We actually already have a thread going for that one. Um, after that, uh, we are either, depending on how uh, technology goes for us, we're going to either have a short pre-recorded piece about uh, the co-op show that happens every month at Hody's Half Note, or uh, we'll be sitting down discussing uh, the Breaking Bad movie and other TV show movies. After that, uh, we're going to have a really cool interview. Do you want to tell them about that one, Ren? Oh, heck yeah, I do. So we're going to actually sit down with Jennifer Rawlinson, who is the Chief of Dentistry and Oral Surgery at CSU's James L. Voss Veterinary Teaching Hospital about Lewis the Llama's successful surgery. And we'd love to take questions for that one, too. So if you have any questions for Jennifer about Lewis the Llama, you can text them in at 970-491-5278 or at our Twitter, KCSUFM. After that, we're going to do, you know, our usual national days and go into the weather. And uh, this week, the weather's pretty juicy, so you're going to want to... Thursday's snow. Hey, no spoilers. Sorry. Gosh. <laughs> uh, but speaking of spoilers, uh, if you haven't seen the games yet, they're going to get spoiled because here's hey, Dixon hey, with sports. Wasn't that smooth? You. Yeah, it was pretty good. Thank you, guys. So Saturday was a pretty busy day for CSU sports with both volleyball and football uh, having matches. Uh, we started off traveling down to the Air Force Academy for a big matchup in the Mountain West uh, between CSU and Air Force. Uh, after dropping the first set, Sasha Colombo led the Rams to a 3-1 victory, recording five service aces in the win. Colombo also had a nine-point scoring run to help secure CSU the victory. Um, checking the NCAA ranking, CSU currently is sitting at a top 15th in the nation with a good possibility of moving up. Uh, looking at some of the teams above, a lot of 11-3, and 11-4 teams uh, between the 15 and 10 spot, so I could see maybe some fluctuations there. Um, so we're hoping for a good thing from the volleyball team. Uh, wish them the best of luck. <clears throat> Back at campus, the football team took to the field for their 150th homecoming game against San Diego State. A rough start put the Rams down early, and a late turnover on down stopped the Rams' chance to tie the game before half uh, as they headed in 3-10. to Out the gate, the Rams fumbled the first possession on the offensive or on the offensive side of the ball leading to a quick score for San Diego State, and from there, they ran away with the contest. Uh, final score ending 10-24. to this week, volleyball has a home match on Thursday against Fresno State. Uh, that's going to be at 7 p.m. And also a midday match on Saturday at 1 p.m. Both those games will be covered by KCSU uh, here on 90.5. Uh, I believe Nick and myself might be on a few of those calls. I'm not really sure who we're going to have. Uh, but, you know, be sure to tune in on either 7 p.m. Thursday, 1 p.m. on uh, Saturday to hear both those games. Football, uh, they're headed into their bye week, so they're going to hopefully be able to bounce back um, looking forward to the rest of their season as well. The next home game for football is going to be November 2nd. Um, so the next time we're going to have our lovely pre-show is going to be November 2nd. And, of course, uh, thanks to the underwriting support of New Belgium, we have Porch Pass uh, giveaways as well as a bunch of swag from uh, New Belgium and Old Aggie. Um, so be sure, you know. Yeah, I know it's a little bit, t- you know, got some time between here and November 2nd, but uh, be sure to tune in for some 
for some porch pass giveaways. Never too soon. Uh, I've got a couple questions for you, Dixon. Hit me. Uh, have we? Uh, has our football team won a home game yet? Uh, yeah, we won the one. Uh, I'm trying to think who it was against. It was help the me first out. home game. It was the it? first home game, but I can't remember the team. Someone uh, please help I me here. I can figure it out right now. <laughs> Thank you. If you give me two seconds. So, so Wyoming? No, no. no, we have not played. Our game against Wyoming was, is in Wyoming this year. It was year. against oh. Western Illinois. Thank Western you, Western Illinois. Illinois. So that was the first home match. We routed them pretty solidly. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Um, but yeah, other than that, not much success. My, my other question was, did Can you me. did you mention the volleyball team won their game and went down in the rankings? Oh, I can't believe I forgot to talk about that. So last week, I reported that they were ranked number 10 in the nation. Um, I got that from the CSU Volleyball Instagram, so I kind of took that as word. Maybe I shouldn't have, because then I went back and I checked the uh, NCAA uh, site, and it said we were previously ranked 16. Um, so I don't know if something happened there, or it, were we just ranked 16th? Okay, so... I, I kind of want to track that previous statement. We did actually move up. We went from 16 to 15 then. Um, so it's a little bit better than I was thinking. That's good news. Yeah. That's I, although news. I reported it wrong, we always get the facts right here on the Rocky Mountain Review. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's because we're I the news. I did want to ask you. Oh, wow. All these questions Ooh, I know. Since you were at the game and I was at the game, um, what you thought about that call that wasn't a touchdown for us? <sighs> you know. Because that would have tied us. I, if I'm incorrect. I have kind of stopped. I, I don't want to talk about the refs anymore because that seems like we've always, this, in all of our games, that's one of our reasons that we can say why we lost. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we shouldn't have been down uh, needing to score there anyway. We shouldn't have had to kick a field goal early. It should have been 7-10. to 10. Um, That yeah. should have been able for a chance to just kick the field goal and make it 10-10. It's a crutch, right? Blaming the refs. It's it, kind of just saying, like, it's not on us. It is, yeah. but at the same time, like... I, I'm not saying it wasn't, yeah, like, and I don't, they... I don't have a good enough view of it to be able to say for sure which way it is. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't... I don't it's a good call from the refs if they want to call it that it's their call at the end of the day i think did they review it as well i can't remember if they did review it and if they did then it's a for sure good call i don't think they reviewed that one they reviewed the one that san diego <laughs> there oh my was, gosh there was san one san diego didn't even touch the ground yeah. and they gave it to them they, they also they took a timeout they sent us to a media break and then right when they came back from media break, they're like, all right, we're going to take a break to go uh, review a play. And I'm not kidding. Everyone in the press box was like, why did we not do this during the media right. timeout? We had three minutes. So there's a few things I'd like to be crisped up. But other than that, CSU just, we got to stop turnovers and we got to start converting. So yeah. sounds good. Well, we are going to be right back with our interview with special guest Ed Goodman uh, in just a moment. But first, here's the break. You're listening 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, Ren Wadsworth. And Max actually had to step out of the studio for a minute, but we're still going to head on with our interview with Ed Goodman, who is a Grammy-nominated trumpet player. He's played with several artists, worked on several soundtracks, and even created a world anthem. We'll get to all those questions, but if you have a question for Ed Goodman yourself, you can text us at 970-491-5278. Once again, that number is 970-491-5278. Or you can message us on Facebook or Twitter at KCSUFM. So we're going to head off our interview. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, Ed. 
Thanks, Ren. Uh, it's great to be back at CSU, of course. Uh, this is my alma mater, so <laughs> happy about that. I kind of grew up in town, so uh, went to CSU uh, after graduating high school. Uh, and uh, basically, my music career began when I was about 16 years old. Um, I started performing in Denver and around the region. Um, the good thing if you're a trumpet player is uh, you get to back up a lot of people. The bad thing, of course, is you're a trumpet player. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> there's kind of two ways to look at that, I guess. Not every band has needs trumpets, but on the other hand, when they do, oftentimes you get to go with some pretty great artists. So so I had a chance to uh, perform, you know, maybe 30, 40 shows and Red Rocks and lots of really great touring with uh, a bunch of different kinds of artists, all different kinds from... Tony Bennett to Barbara Streisand, uh, Carlos Santana, Aretha Franklin, Ella Fitzgerald, Natalie Cole, Ray Charles, B.B. King, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, you know, all kinds of different people. So it was an awful lot of fun to uh, to be backing up all those great artists and to have a chance to go on the road with them in some cases as well. Yeah. Do you have... Um, I know it's probably a little controversial of a question, but do you have a favorite of those artists that you're able to work with? Oh, boy. You know, for me, um, being a horn player, I loved the bands that really featured a lot of really interesting horn work. So, you know, you think about when you think about the really good horn bands, you think about groups like Blood, Sweat and Tears, mm -hmm. which I got to play with a little bit. And and Casey and the Sunshine Band, I recorded on their first album or so. They had a lot of horns. Um, Burt Bacharach had tons of horns on his album and then there were some others as well some of the really big um, singers of the day you know the Frank Sinatra's Tony Bennett's Barbara Streisand's they had big orchestras behind them you know sometimes 50 60 pieces so when you'd be part of something like that it was an awful lot of fun as well so so I spent a fair amount of my time as a lead trumpet player in places like Caesar's Palace playing oh, wow. in the big show band or or MGM Grand or you know, Harris, Lake Tahoe, all those kinds of places. I know a lot of wind instruments play several instruments. Do you play other instruments besides just trumpet? Or I well, shouldn't say just trumpet, but <laughs> do you play multiple instruments? Just trumpet. Um, yeah, trumpet, flugelhorn, uh, piccolo trumpet. Sometimes when we would do things like, especially back in the day that when they would do live bands for cartoon music oh, cool. <laughs> um, and we'd be in the recording studio we'd have to play piccolo trumpet and things like that to make different sounds um in what, the, what in is the a piccolo Wars, it's trumpet. a very small little tiny compact trumpet that has a very different sound to it um it was used by the beatles i think they were one of the first pop acts to do piccolo trumpet they had a song called penny lane um, oh. that was really famous and it has a big piccolo trumpet solo in the middle of that song <laughs> um and after that piccolo trumpet became kind of a popular thing for a while so in this in the recording studio when you're a backup player in doing records and movie soundtracks and that sort of thing you just have to bring trumpet flugelhorn and piccolo trumpet with you all the time because you never know what you're going to have to play on any given song or album yeah so kind of a little background on how we got you on the show so our station manager uh julia vataglise actually met you and your wife in the ramskeller um so what were you doing at csu at that time 
um, testing out the new craft beer <laughs> created by the students. Um, I actually worked on the design of really? Student Center um, when it got renovated. So I did a little bit of work on that. And so I wanted to come back once the brewery was open and all that Check was happening. Out. I do a little teaching now and then at the uh, Beverage uh, Institute here at CSU. I teach creativity there. And... Uh, um, so I wanted to come see how it how it went, and I always love coming back to the Ramskeller. I kind of I kind of fell in love with music in the Ramskeller, to be honest with you. Back in the day when we, I was a student, there were lots and lots of bands and live music in the Ramskeller, and um, had the chance to play there many many times. And a lot of famous people actually played in that little room, and uh, I met some of my favorite jazz artists in the Ramskeller and went on to tour with a few of those as well. So it's always fun to come back to the Ramskeller. All right. And I know you talked about it briefly before, but I cut you off, unfortunately. Have you worked on any movie or show soundtracks? I have. I have done a few. Um, when I was 19, I guess, um, I was just after my freshman year at CSU, um, I met Doc Severinsen, um, you guys are too young to probably know him, many of your listeners, but he was the band leader on The Tonight Show before Jimmy Fallon and Jay Leno, um, but they had this great band, but he got me started really playing professionally, and he introduced me, um, he got me a job playing lead trumpet with Tom Jones and some people over in Hawaii, and I met this young trumpet player there named Jerry Hay, and he went on to become one of the greatest arrangers, music arrangers in history, and has you know received many many Grammy awards. And he he was the if you have heard any wonderful music with horns on it, chances are it was his horn arrangements. Um, everyone from Michael Jackson to Earth, Wind, and Fire to you name it were all arrangements done by this man. And uh, so as I became his friend, he would invite me to play on all kinds of things, <laughs> uh, many of those same kinds of acts. And in fact, um, one of those acts was uh, working with John Williams on, you know, he brought all the music for Star, uh, Star Wars and E.T. and, you know, just been all these Schindler's List, all these really great movies. Um, but my friend Jerry was the arranger for him for all of those. So when they got back from London, recording with the London Symphony of the Star Wars soundtrack, um, John Williams didn't like the trumpet section oh, <laughs> in really? the London uh -oh. Symphony. He said, it's just not strong enough. We need, could you write, he asked my friend if he could write all new parts. <laughs> and he invited me to come into the studio. I didn't even know that's what it was going to be about. He just said, oh, can you come in for a couple hours? We're just going to spend two hours. And so... I sat down with him and one other really wonderful trumpet player, and the next thing I knew, John Williams walked in, and they passed out this giant stack of music, and they said, we're going to run the movie down in one take, so nobody make a mistake. Actually, they used different language, but I'm not going <laughs> to use it on the air. Um, and we literally just did one take through the entire movie, except for Ed. They had to stop for me once. Um, in the middle, if, if any of you know the first Star Wars movie, there's a yeah. bar scene. Um, the cantina in the cantina absolutely and there's these wacky sounds in the cantina and we do, had to like do, do, it said do, do, like do. stick your hand in the end of the bell of your trumpet and <laughs> stuff and make these weird sounds and I must I, wait I know exactly the, it's like a <laughs> I, I know exactly. the sound exactly so of. I I got confused in the middle of the cantina scene <laughs> and we had to stop for me and John Williams leaned over the music stand and said 
we don't have time for this. <laughs> so, so that's so, you. So that's. So then we went back and wow. so we backed up the tape a little ways and we ran down the whole rest of the movie. But um, it was a fairly complicated score to try to play and sight read, uh, especially oh when you're sight reading and you've never seen it before and you have one take. So even like, even like the overture, the duh, everything. Da, da, da. Oh, all of it. Do you yeah. a favorite track? All of it. Um, you know, it's, it's, I love, I love all of it. And the music he writes are really great in the movies. You they know, are. I, it's I hard so to separate, but, uh, I didn't play on this one, but my very favorite, um, one are the, um, what's a Disney movie with a bunch of a superhero family. What was that? The Incredibles? The Incredibles. Yes. The first Incredibles movie, the soundtrack of that is my favorite soundtrack I've ever it's heard. It's pretty odd. It's like, cause it's like a normal superhero thing, but it's got a little bit of jazzy. It's so hard. It's gotta be the <laughs> hardest music anyone ever attempted to play. And a real good friend of mine uh, was the uh, trumpet player on that. And he said it's the hardest thing he's ever had to play in his life. And he's wow. he's the number one studio player in the world. So um, well, if, if you can ever that. watch that movie and just sort of close your eyes, don't really watch the movie and just listen to the music. It's unbelievable. I want to have a movie night with you where we sit down and watch these movies and you just <laughs> point out fun. like this was that and this <laughs> one's really hard. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, all those Star Wars movies, you know, they kept coming out, you know, one after another. And I kept wondering if they were going to change the soundtrack. And there was a few new songs here and there, bit. but there were some themes that they used over and over and I knew it was still me because there's one note <laughs> that I remember that I didn't quite get perfect, and um, but somehow it snuck through the. <laughs> is that, is that <laughs> like the main yeah. theme, like the one they start every movie with? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's six or seven themes that they use in every movie. You know, there's a bunch of things, and you know, when the bad guys come, when the good guys come, there's all these little interludes, and and those all stay kind of the same. But it's really fun to, uh, uh, really fun and really scary both. Yeah. To get asked to go do sessions like that because you literally are sight reading everything. Um, you never get to see the music ahead. There's never a rehearsal. It's pass it out, turn on the tapes. <laughs> go. And that's wild. It became something that everyone's so familiar with. Yeah. Well, his, he's such a great writer. You know, he really is fantastic. So I know you talked about it a little before. But you and your brother, I believe, have your own band that was actually yeah. Grammy nom nominated, right? It was. Uh, we got nominated for a couple of Grammys. Um, it was a band called Kinesis. Um, he was a drummer, my brother, and I was trumpet player. And we put together an eight-piece, real jazz, kind of fusion-y kind of a band. Um, and uh, we recorded up at Caribou Ranch, where the Chicago um, band was from, and uh um, fantastic recording studio up in Colorado. So um, it was really great, and we toured toured all over North America, recorded a few records, and uh, a lot of local guys were in that band. Um, for those local jazz people, uh, Mark Sloniker um, is a keyboard player. He plays up at the top of the Elizabeth Hotel all the time oh. still. Um, he was in that band, and uh, Bart Hoff, a guitar player, and um, was in that band. He's still around. Um, but uh, it was a fantastic group of musicians, and the rest of the musicians came from all over the country, and it was a lot of fun. We toured for a number of years and performed with a lot of kind of famous jazz people like Pat Metheny and Aretha Franklin and Spyro Gyra and Bob James and all those kinds of folks. We were on tour together with all those groups, so it's a lot of fun. Played in lots and lots of jazz festivals all over the U.S. and Canada. It was really fun. Sounds amazing. Um, this is, uh, we're, we're getting towards the end of our interview here, but we got to know, what are you doing now? 
Um, now I'm uh, involved in all kinds of other sorts of creative endeavors. I'm working on designing a new downtown for Northern Colorado. Wow. Actually, right now. That's it's a bit gonna, of a change from music. It's going to have a, uh, well, it's going to be entertainment driven. Oh, actually, I like that. And it's going to feature a Disney level theme park, indoor theme park. Really? Um, some really exciting new kinds of music venues, hopefully a new arena with 10,000 seats where we can have real concerts and uh, um, a lot of really interesting interactive and AR and VR media. Oh, very nice. Interacts with people individually. So I'm working on that. And we're also working, uh, my brother and I are working on a project, the Dubai 2020 World's Fair, the World Expo in Dubai, which is 196 countries. Um, live entertainment on 50 stages for six months. For so six months? Six months it runs. Um, there's billions of dollars being invested in that project right now. And it's about the future of the planet. And what can we do to make the planet um, survive and thrive in a, in a good way Sounds into incredible. the future? So yeah. I'm excited about that project a lot. I, I should go to Dubai. <laughs> we should go to Dubai. I'm going to Dubai. We, yeah. should, go. we should all go. And speaking of projects you've been involved with, there's something interesting that you were involved with pretty heavily called the World Anthem. And I just wanted you to talk about that a little bit before yeah. we end this interview. Thank you. Uh, a number of years ago, um, we had this crazy idea. It was after 9-11 and had happened. And the world was kind of in a down spot. And we said, is there something we could do musically that might inspire people? And so I heard about a guy in Stanford who had an AI program that analyzed music. And we said, I wonder if you could take the national anthem from every country in the world, if you fed it into this AI system, and if it looked for all the commonalities, everything that the anthems have in common, melodically, uh, tempo-wise, even lyrically, and it composed a new anthem, what would the world anthem be? <laughs> and so we did this project, and it was um, the computer composed the song <laughs> called The World Anthem, which came out to be amazing. And then we recorded it live around the world using the Prague Symphony and a bunch of studio musicians from L.A., and we recorded it live um, around the world. And it's been sung and performed by all kinds of youth, kids, and schools, and professional orchestras, and... Even the United States Air Force <laughs> recorded it. Um, but it was really fun. It was used in um, a whole bunch of different really fun venues, including the Olympics in Salt Lake. So oh. it was really fun to uh, see the world anthem come to life. That's so interesting. I'll have to give that a listen. I'm sure I've heard it before, and I just never... It's funny because it ends up being a song about peace, not oh, about war. That's, you know, that's the awesome. U.S., um, you know, the United States has a fight song yeah. when you think about it. A little bit, you know, bit. it's bombs bursting in air and oh, yeah. <laughs> all that kind of thing, right? But the world anthem is about the common bonds of peace that we all wish we had. So it's really interesting yeah. how the lyrics came out. Most of the rest of the anthems in the world are dreams of the future. So it's fun. It's very cool. It's a great sentiment. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Ed. It's been really wonderful meeting you. Great. Thanks for having me. All right, we are going to see a shoe. Definitely. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back from the break, we are going to have a, a beat by Allison Tackett, one of our reporters who went to Hody's Half a Note to talk about their monthly show, Co op. So get excited for that one. We'll be right back.
see the truth. Who you thought was an honest cattle show was evil roots. Even your truths are capable of the deepest wounds. Most just trying to see what they can squeeze from you. Latch on with their teeth like a leech will do. They bleed you dry. <laughs> I'm here today with the group called Bad Neighbors, which is the group hosting this event. Can you tell me more about you guys and your band? Yeah, so basically, Bad Neighbors is comprised of four different MCs. We all make music separately, we all make music together outside of Bad Neighbors, but Bad Neighbors is what we have decided to come together as to make music together that is a little different than what we confine ourselves to when we're making music separately. It's a little more open and it's a little more fun. Definitely, it's like, I don't know, we're all a little more serious, solo, and we kind of come together like this and just, I don't know, go around. It's a party outlet. Yeah, it's definitely. A, you know, because like none of us like make party music on the ends. I would say like genetic concepts, a little more like bars, like you guys are just me personally I, I do like really like sad it's sad. It does a lot of sad I do like, music it's like you know more poetic serious stuff Joe I can't really describe you I can't describe you're myself. something else <laughs> okay I'm cool with that <laughs> interesting a lot, a lot of heavily conceptualized songs yeah okay that's, that's yeah okay that's fair Concept. okay Don <laughs> They're not all good concepts either, though. <laughs> they are all concepts. All okay. Concepts. Okay, so the event that you guys are hosting, Co-op, can you tell me more about it and what exactly is it? Co-op is a local, it's like a local showcase. We've got four 25-minute sets. There's a 15-person, one-song cap, best performance of the night. Gets a, a set next month, part of the four sets that we have. And anyone who doesn't win, we just kind of keep on a, on, a, on a roster, save for later. Might book them for later events. Basically, what we're trying to do is just... Uh... Bring the hip-hop community closer together because, I mean, hip-hop, like, even since the beginning of hip-hop, it's been cutthroat. And then, especially in this town, I think I can speak for everybody when I say it's cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah, and like and a, a lot of open mics are just like in basements of or you know coffee shops and stuff like that so we're trying to uh you know give better exposure at a like a music venue a real music venue you know and if we can get enough people to attend we can have a good enough opportunity for each artist that participates which means this city as a whole the music scene would grow in theory we basically just want to take away the competitive nature of everybody's trying to play the same shows everybody feels like anytime somebody else gets an opportunity that's taking an opportunity from from them that they could have received we just kind of want to build like more of a team effort like if we're all working together to make sure that the hip-hop community is good and is thriving in the city then all of our shows are going to have more people at them every opportunity is going to be a better opportunity we want to use the co-op as a way to give anybody who isn't sure how to get booked on the next national act that comes through the town you don't know who to talk to you have, you don't know who to collab with you don't know who's book shows in the city you don't know who makes beats or who records music it's like a nice place for everybody to go that doesn't cost any money if you show up early to get in you can just come in free before nine 
hang out, meet people. You can showcase your music on stage. If you're good, you're gonna get more time. You don't have to win the open mic to get a set in the future necessarily. You just, uh, whoever wins the open mic is guaranteed a set at the next event. But if you play the, the mic and you're talented and you come out and you support the event all the time, you, you're gonna get to play in the future. I'm, we wanna use this I'll throw other local showcases, we bring national acts through, and I need openers for these, and I just want good shows of people who want to play their music, and it doesn't have to be a, a ticket deposit based thing or a competition, basically. Right, okay, cool. So, is it just hip hop music, or is it any genre, or what are you guys trying to, I guess, I mean, get? Like, it, I mean, it's hip hop, but obviously, like, hip hop is the most diverse genre in the so like yeah, if, you know, if you wanted to mix some like rock there's, and stuff. There's like many different ways you can do the hip hops. Yeah, <laughs> do the hip hops. When you want, when you're presenting a hip hop, <laughs> you have many different avenues to yeah, choose from. Yeah. Nah, I mean we're not we're not like trying to say if you play a guitar while you sing and can't rap play, that you yeah, can't come. Through. Like we want to see that. There's yeah. a dude that we know well. Uh, he won the last open mic. His name's Russick. He plays cello while he raps. And he's yeah. he's a classically trained musician. He plays all sorts of instruments, yeah. and he raps sometimes. And he's a super talented dude. And I want yeah, I want to see talent, yeah talent, you know? I want to see anything that you can do. We we want to have beatboxers out. We want to have you know DJs be able to come out. We want elements of hip hop, basically. You know, if you break dance, come break dance. That's awesome. We want to see that. Okay, so how do you decide who is the headlining act, and then who are the three supporting acts? Like it's like on like a voting basis, or how does well, that work? The headline is mainly, because um, like the first one we headlined, obviously just because it was the first event. Um, just wanted to get it kicked off. We kind of we kind of all discuss it. We have a group yeah. chat between the four of us, and we all we just kind of ask like, who do you think we should put on this next yeah. event? Who do you want to see month play? Last we had Mikey P from Seattle. Yeah. Um, this We've month is my duo, month. and then stuff like that. So like I, I don't know. I, we want to get it to the point though where we can start having like nationals come yeah. and do that because i would love to be able to sprinkle in like a national act here and there on a co-op just and, and offer a nice cheap event for people to come out to where we don't have to worry about you know getting tickets sold and we can just be like here's a dope show come to it it's cheap you know and then uh, the, like the opener has always decided on who won the uh, open mic previous month so that will be the opener and then the other two slots are just kind of filled by like we usually always have the headliner already done and then the opener and the other two is always just like local cats that we already know which element of this event do you guys like the most i personally well there's some elements we're trying to get going that i think might be really really fun i liked the idea of celebrity death rap a lot it's been really hard to find people to participate in that because it's like abstract writing thing where you know, two people. Have you ever seen the old show Celebrity Deathmatch on MTV? It was like this claymation thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. They would have, you know, two different celebrities fight to the death in a, a claymation thing. And so we wanted to emulate that, but with rap battles, where one person battles 
from we did Seth Rogen and Joe Rogan the first month battling each other. But we ended up, it was hilarious. It was hilarious, but we had two stand-up comics. We had Doug Ware and Dylan Williams do it because no, none of the rappers wanted to do it. I don't know if we're just having trouble filling that, but as of right now, we've got them like in charge of it. They're gonna keep doing it just so we can keep I like having comedians forward. be a part of this too. Yeah. Cause this is, you know, like it's a thin line between a rapper and a comedian really. Just Punchline writing is the same in jokes. It's just like when you do it in bars, they just have to rhyme. That's the only setups, difference. Setups and, and then delivery. Yeah. My fa I'm and then I'm trying to get like an actual battle together and I wanna see that happen, but same thing, nobody out here wants to battle. That would be my favorite part. As it stands, I think my favorite part is probably the open mic though. That would be my favorite part See, too. After we get, get into a little more, I mean, dude, you know how antagonizing that is being <laughs> up there and then like trying to get people to stay. That's the thing. Uh, we have to. I mean, like the open mic thing. We just kind of got to reiterate the rules and try to get that out a little bit more because, you know, like I said, people leave right after they perform and it's like, whoa, like don't leave. You have a chance to win. And also, right. we're still trying to build the community. It's a community thing. So like people with the open mic, you know, they'll come through and like they'll come through in their little group and then they'll be like, all right. We did our thing, you guys were out, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's terrible, like, it, it happened again last year. month. So Why would you like, leave? Yeah, we're trying right. to like, you know, it's, If you leave, you can't win at the yeah. end of the night. We gotta pick a winner at the end of the night. You gotta stay. And for the past win. two months, we've had to pick between two people because there's always only two people left. Everybody comes and they play the game. You gotta stay. Stay, bring one song on a flash drive and have it ready. Get with the DJ, make sure that they know we are announcing on stage like, you know, three people in advance as we go through. We're, we might try to reformat it and sprinkle it throughout the night so it's not all at the end. We're trying to figure out the smoothest way to do it right now. We're only two events in, so. Okay, okay. So like, what is the long-term goal for co-op? I want to throw an outdoor event. I want to like do a festival with vendors and that could be like when we bring the national act through. If we could do that once a year, it's like yeah. the annual one, we do an all day outdoor event and we could bring prof, definitely bring prof, that's what I want. That would be great. I mean, yeah. we've definitely talked about that kind of being the goal is like some sort of anniversary show where we can do a really big show and we can feature everybody that's participated throughout the year. You now everybody can come play and we can just have this nice, we don't have any day long hip hop things that happen around here. I remember years ago there used to be you know, all day long events at the Mishawaka where there would be, you know, just rap all day, just locals, locals, locals. It'd be cool to see more happen in the city. We do have hip-hop come through here. It's honestly probably the second most popular genre in the city. I think it's EDM. Is We have the most, the most frequent number of EDM shows and the biggest number of like big names that come through but i think hip-hop is pretty close in in second there that's the other kind of shows that sell out a lot in this area it's the other kind of shows that we do get like pretty big names that come right through fort collins it's nice to not have to go to denver for you know dope shows you can just see it right in our city it's right right in our downtown there's awesome places so that's also, nice an event right in the middle of uh, town square that'd be tight I want to rent that out I have to do it like a year ahead so like if people want to participate in your event what exactly do they have to do beforehand show up. to show up show up show up yeah. and it's free before nine so there's no excuse just or get if you there sign before up. nine and then you can sign up for the open mic right away there's a 15 person cap so that's why we encourage people to get there right when the doors open is that like 
you know, that way you can be one of the first ones to sign up. Because actually, like, most of the time, too, is, like, we don't go, like, 1 through 15. I'll, I'll do, like, 2, and then I'll do 14, and then I'll jump back and stuff like that. So just... Keep it a little random, so... Yeah. Yeah. But... Since we're trying to get these things running too, the celebrity death rap and uh, and b- bragging rights battle, you can always just contact us on Facebook. I'm Joe Henry. I go by Phono Sapien. You can contact me on either one of those pages. This is RK Graves. RK Graves. You can message me on there. I don't really answer my personal messenger that much, so just <laughs> hit bang the bang the artist line. Bang my artist line. Yeah. Because I got these goons always blowing up my phone. So it's true. Hit Graves. my hit my artist page, RK Graves, yeah, to you, get a hold of me. You can find me at Nick Sandville. That's what my artist page and my personal page are both under. We have a co-op Facebook group. Hmm. You can go in there, you can join that. We like people to you know, we're trying to make a nice way for people to communicate about upcoming events, about interest in participating in the different parts of the events. We're trying to build that little online community right there too, so it's you know, you always feel like you're connected to the other people. It's an easy way to get in touch. You don't have to you don't have to add everybody as a friend on Facebook. You can just be in the same group as everybody else if you want to, and that's an easy way to communicate. Cool. And then when is this event? What um, date? This one is October 10th. Yes. November 14th. December 19th. Yeah, we've got these booked out until April. I can't remember every date past December. That's the last date that I also remember. They're pretty much always on Thursdays. We're going to be filling them in on Fridays or Saturdays if the dates are available. And we can shift them over for those days. It's just the easiest day that we've had to to lock it in. So for now, we're gonna try to build it up on a Thursday and get a cool event on a Thursday, something cool to do. So we're gonna keep booking them out. I've just gone as far as April right now, but we're just gonna keep going. So this will hopefully be a continual thing as long as we can get people to keep coming out. We've had good good show outs for the first two, so. And then where is this event held at again? It's at Hody's Half Note. Right on, well, thank you guys so much for meeting with me, and I hope that your event goes just as well as I think it's going to. And we are back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And we are joined in studio by a reporter. Coda Babcock. As well as our very special guest today. Would you mind introducing yourself? I'm Dr. Jennifer Rollinson from the CSU Veterinary Teaching Hospital. Thank you so much, Dr. Rollinson. Uh, What's your title at the teaching hospital? Uh, I'm an associate professor, and I'm also chief of the dentistry and oral surgery service. And for those who don't know, uh, Dr. Rollinson kind of oversaw the recent newsworthy procedure of Louis the Llama, which uh, gained some media attention. And so if anyone has any questions for Dr. Rallinson about veterinary dentistry or Louis the Llama, we'd love it if you text it in to 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. Any of your questions or send them to us as a tweet at KCSU-FM on Twitter. So we're going to get started here. Dr. Rallinson, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you have an extensive history of working with llamas, uh, I read. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be? Well, uh, pretty much when I went through and I got my specialty degree in veterinary dentistry, which, by the way, you have to become a veterinarian first, and then you do um, additional training to become a, a specialist um, in veterinary dentistry. Um, I primarily worked on dogs and cats initially, but then I got a faculty position at Cornell University and 
I found out there's lots of other animals that need help besides just dogs and cats. And so now CSU, I've come to CSU and basically continue to develop their program. There's another veterinary dentistry, Dr. Naomi Hoyer, um, who works with us. And um, we work on everybody and anything. The only debate we have sometimes is rattlesnakes, whether we would actually ever do that. Um, but for the most part, it's dogs, cats, horses, llamas, alpacas, and everything that's at the zoos. So um, we just, oh, and pigs too. So Has just, rattlesnakes ever come up? Uh, only once, <laughs> only once for a defanging. And uh, luckily that didn't, no, nothing kind of came to, because I really have a fear of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Um, this is Ren's question, so I'm going to let her ask this. It definitely is. Um, so before we get into Lewis's story and kind of your involvement in that, I've always wondered this. Why do llamas spit? Why do llamas spit? It's because it's their way of saying that they're really unhappy with you. Mm. Yeah. And so it's kind of a, a warning maneuver, kind of like the way dogs growl. Uh, llamas actually kind of make a low trilling sound and you can see their ears go back and their lips kind of purse. So if you're smart, you'd stop there. If you're not, they're going to spit on you. Did Lewis ever spit on you? No, he's actually oh, a really good. good llama. So he's he's a pack llama up at Yellowstone National Park. And so he's he goes out with hikers and he carries their stuff because llama feet are really nice to the trails. And so Lewis is a nice llama. You don't want to take out a testy llama. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So, um, like you said, Lewis uh, was a pack llama, and for those who don't know, he used to be named Ike. Uh, Ike was abandoned at Yellowstone National Park before uh, going viral on social media, just kind of wandering around, and was rescued by a woman named Susie, uh, Susie Hulsmeyer-Sene. And Susie renamed Ike Lewis and um, was trying to treat a wound he had on his jaw, but unfortunately could not do it himself, so... Susie brought Lewis to the CSU Veterinary Teaching Hospital. Um, have you noticed many people bring in animals they can't otherwise treat to the hospital? Uh, yes, that's one of the primary reasons why we're there, um, is to be able to help animals who general practitioners um, need a little more assistance with. And so uh, Lewis has something that was very common um, in alpacas and llamas we, that we see all the time at CSU. And um, it's basically a tooth infection, and Lewis actually had three teeth that were infected that was causing the wound on his face. And so um, most of the time, um, people will try to treat this with antibiotics, or veterinarians will try and treat this with antibiotics. But unfortunately, since it's actually a bad tooth, it'll come and go with antibiotics, but it will never go away. It will always come back once the animal's off antibiotics. And so you have to get rid of the tooth in order to heal the infection. So this disease is uh, periodontal disease, correct? Yep, that's that's correct. That's what they think. Um, and that's what some of the studies have sh maybe suggested at. But um, sometimes it can be fractured teeth. Sometimes it can be malformations of the tooth that lead to the loss of the structures that protect the tooth from the oral cavity and all the bacteria and hay that's in there. And so, yes, in the end, Lewis did have periodontal disease, but um, what wound up? Starting that whole cascade of events is uh, still a little bit unknown. Interesting. Um, and would you mind clarifying what periodontal disease is? Is it just the corruption of the tooth? Uh, so the tooth itself in periodontal disease stays very healthy. Well, 
the inside of the tooth does. The outside of the tooth, on the other hand, um, basically loses all of its supporting structures. So the gum tissue and the bone that holds the tooth within the mouth pretty much um, gets infected and inflamed and over time just basically rots away. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so we just kind of wanted to know like what treatment you provided Lewis and kind of the overall treatment of him before we went into kind of wider um, about your work. Yep. Uh, so basically what we wound up doing for Lewis was very um, routine surgery for veterinary dentists and out at the veterinary teaching hospital. Um, one of the things I love about the veterinary teaching hospital is that we get to work with so many other specialists. So Lewis was anesthetized um, by Dr. Kershid Mama and Dr. Morgan Oakleaf. And then he was brought into surgery uh, where I extracted two teeth on his right side and one tooth on his left side because they were all uh, infected and had periodontal disease. Um, and then the livestock service basically make sure that Lewis is managed as a whole llama and not just focus on teeth um, following surgery. So um, it's kind of a team approach out there, which is why I love being there. Speaking of teams, um, since it is a teaching hospital, did you have any students on the team? Oh, yeah. So each one of those services have students that are assigned to the case. And so there was a livestock student, there was an anesthesia student, and um, there was a dental student all represented in in the team. So in the surgery room, uh, the picture that I shared with you looks like there's only two people there. But really, there's anywhere from six to eight people in the room at any one time. Wow. So uh, I thought it was kind of uh, funny in a way how... Louis the Llama, you know, had an, had an original ailment and went to the hospital and got it taken care of. And I was coming back to get some teeth pulled. And it kind of reminds me of how, uh, how human dentistry works. Uh, does, does animal dentistry function similarly to human dentistry where they need to be, you know, checked up on, routine maintenance, kind of yeah. whole nine yards? Um, it's cer- they certainly do. Um, with dogs and cats, um, your regular veterinarians or your general practitioner is going to be recommending annual oral exams, which they'll perform, which is wonderful because things do change within uh, pets' mouths all the time. And then it's also recommended for horses and llamas and alpacas and pigs to at least have an oral exam if possible, uh, particularly if they're under sedation for any reason um, that allows you to be able to get a look in their mouth because looking in a llama, alpaca, or pig's mouth when they're not sleepy is, is extremely challenging. Yeah, probably not the easiest, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And the other cool thing is that a lot of the procedures that we do, particularly in dogs and cats um, and um, animals that have similar teeth like non-human primates, basically what we're doing is the same thing that your human dentist would be doing. And so we use the same materials. Believe it or not, we actually order from the same catalogs as your human dentist for a lot of our materials. Hmm. And it's, it's, the only difference is that usually they are sedated or anesthetized um, for proper dental care. All right. And that's unfortunately almost all the time we have, but we did want to ask uh, if you were going to be following up with Lewis in the future. 
Uh, yes, actually, thank you for asking that question. Um, Lewis had done well initially after surgery for two weeks and it looked like he was healing well, but unfortunately one of the surgical sites has become really infected oh, no. uh, with a pretty bad bacteria. So Susie's having to bring Lewis back and she's coming all the way down from Montana and she's basically got the storm at her back right now. And so she's trying to get here before the storm hits and so that she can basically keep Lewis here for two to three weeks so that we can really make sure this infection clears up. And if anyone would like to help Susie out with any of the funding for Lewis, you can go to GoFundMe and just look up Lewis the Llama, and you'll be able to find her GoFundMe page very easily. Wow, we didn't realize this was a developing situation. Well, yeah. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Only occurred over the last 24 yeah. hours. That, that's also, good timing. We had you here. Yeah. Also, we were wondering how um, students or faculty could get involved with the teaching hospital if they wanted to. Well, the vet teaching hospital, particularly for Colorado State students, is very open. And so if you have an area that you're interested in, I would recommend um, emailing the faculty member uh, that's responsible for that section, whether it be dentistry, orthopedics, cardiology, um, because we do allow um, students to come and observe, um, even if they're not uh, veterinary students. So uh, that's one way that we can do that. Um, the one thing that I would say if you're if you're interested in surgery just make sure that the site of blood doesn't lead to you passing out yeah that, that wouldn't happens. be very good no <laughs> all right <laughs> well thank you so much jennifer for coming on the show and joining us and talking with us about lewis today well, really thank appreciate you for having, having you here. me here i appreciate it awesome well we're gonna take a really quick break but we're gonna be right right back because we're running out of time with coda and our local news so stick around And we are back with the Rocky Mountain Review. Uh, we have Coda Babcock in studio with our local news. Coda, take it away. All right, hi. Uh, I'm Coda Babcock, and this is your local news for Tuesday, October 8th, 2019 on KCSU on 90.5 FM. So first up, we have Pat Ferrier of the Colorado reporting earlier today that Right Life, a retail store specializing in disc snowboard and skateboarding items, is open after being closed for renovation to downsize. The shop split its building and moved into the entrance off Walnut Street, making room for a new furniture store to open at its original Linden Street entrance. Originally, the shop planned on changing locations entirely before realizing that they should just fix what they have instead. The Downtown Development Authority pitched over $60,000 to help fix the exterior of the building. Tomorrow night, the Poor Brothers is hosting Community Night to benefit the United Way of Larimer County. This event will be held at 220 Linden Street from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. United Way is an organization that strives to help community members in need by getting them to necessary resources. The University Center, a local grocery-focused retail center, has sold for $23.75 million to an L.A. real estate company. The University Center currently is the home of Wilbur's Total Beverage and Whole Foods locations. The building has, was originally constructed in 1952 and has over 68,000 square feet. 
Wilbur's Total Beverage is one of Fort Collins' highest performing liquor stores, while Whole Foods has no other locations nearby. The city of Loveland's 37th Street connection to Highway 287 will be completed by next Friday, October 18th. The west leg of the 37th will remain closed due to needed stormwater upgrades nearby, and components to the new project include a bridge over Dry Creek, um, a one-lane roundabout on Monroe Street and 37th, and a bank and stream stabilizer to protect Dry Creek from irrigation and stormwater-based erosion. The channel improvements are still in progress, and the bridge will be completed in winter of this year. For more information, visit cityofloveland.org slash 37th Street Connector, or call the project information line at 970-532-9998. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is asking that people stop shooting birds of prey with pellet guns. CPW officials have received several reports of eagles, hawks, fountains, falcons and owls being taken into local wildlife rehabilitators due to pellet gun injuries. It is an illegal offense to shoot birds of prey and other protected animals, both on local and federal levels. Treatment of these birds can become very expensive, with each bird's treatment averaging between $400 and $800, and between 700 and 800 birds are admitted each year. Individuals who are found in violation of this law will receive a citation and may have to either pay a fine or face jail time. Additional information can be found on CPW's website at cpw.state.co.us. Thank you for listening in. That was your local news for Tuesday's Rocky Mountain Review on KCSU on 90.5 FM. Thanks, Coda. All right. Well, we're going to keep it moving right along into today's national days. What day is it today, Ren? It is October 8th, and we are going to zip through these national days. So first up, it is National Podiatry Day. So podiatry is the treatment of feet and their ailments. So today is just celebrating those who uh, help those with feet and ailments. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, Today is also National Octopus Day. Pretty self-explanatory. And then today is also known as National Pierogi Day. Um, Pierogies have found a home in Pittsburgh where there is an annual festival held in their honor every October 8th. So, yum, yum, yum. Yum. I love pierogies. Can you smell that in the air, Coda? Can you smell it? Is it pierogies? No. It smells like it's time for something. (gasps) I'm going to need a drum roll. It's time for the weather! All right, so today is going to hit a high of 75 and a low of 27. That's a pretty big range, so be ready for anything. You're going to be in for a surprise on Thursday morning. Oh, sorry, that was for tomorrow, not today. But be ready for anything every day because this is Colorado, and it's unpredictable like that. Um, You're going to be in for a surprise Thursday morning as temperatures drop nearly 40 degrees, and there's even a chance of snow. Dude. It's going to be chill in an unchill way. It's going to be cold. So if you are wondering if the cold spell will continue into Friday or even the weekend, you're going to have to tune in on Thursday to find out. But sadly, that is the end of our show. Um, no. I know. I We have so many people to thank, but the first person I'd like to thank is Damien Castile for this music that's playing that right now. Well, thank you, Damien. Yeah, thank you, Damien. All the music on the show you heard today was made by Damien Castile. Damien Castile, ladies and gentlemen. We'd love to thank our reporter, Coda Babcock, as well as our sports reporter, Dixon Lawson. Y'all are awesome. Thank you for everything you do. We'd really like to thank you, Jennifer, who is actually still in the studio with us, um, as well as Ed for coming in and uh, letting us chat your ears off for a sec. It's really nice of y'all. Of course, we have to thank all of our higher-ups and our... 
peers, coworkers, yeah. Yeah, everyone at KCSU. So Julia Battleese, Hannah Copeland, Isaiah Reyes, Peter Wack, Hunter Sinclair, and Asher Korn. And everyone else. And everyone at uh, KCSU. We could not do this without you. I'd like to thank Ren Wadsworth for um, finding awesome people to interview and sourcing <laughs> good questions. Just, just all around doing a great job. Oh, you're making me blush. I want to thank you, Max. I couldn't do this show without you. It is such an honor to be able to do this show with you and like it's amazing it's really fun <laughs> um and finally we couldn't do this without you dear listener uh none of this would be possible without people listening and supporting us and giving us love and sending in texts and tweets and all that good stuff so thank you so much for just being you and listening to us whether it's in your car or you know on the internet uh thank you we'll see you next time <laughs>